0: Day on In Spirit and Truth with Pastor J.D. Farrakh. It's not who God is. It's not how God is.
1: It is impossible for Him to fail us. His love never fails. He's perfect. That's in whom we are placing our hope. And I got to tell you, In these last days, and I know this is something the Lord's been ministering to me as of late, and it's huge. I cannot put my hope in anything or anyone but the Lord.
0: You're listening to In Spirit and Truth, the radio ministry of Pastor J.D. Farag of Calvary Chapel, Kaneohe. Pastor J.D. is currently teaching through the book of Hebrews. Throughout our lives, we put our faith in a lot of people who end up proving to us don't deserve it. For years, we can spend time with someone and not know who they really are. But today, Pastor J.D. reminds us that God is exactly who he says he is. He cannot lie because he is truth. Put your hope in the one whose very nature is love. Now, be sure to stay with us after today's message to hear how you can get your own copy of today's broadcast. Subscribe to the In Spirit and Truth podcast or download the In Spirit and Truth iPhone or Android mobile app. But for now, here's Pastor J.D. in the book of Hebrews chapter 10 with today's edition of In Spirit and Truth.
1: Now, I'll I'll use an example from the mainland. My first church And the staff that I hired, uh, there was uh, one in particular staff member that I'm not so sure. (laughs) You know, I didn't really have that. So I would entrust them and hope that they would be found faithful in that which I had entrusted them to do. Put my hope in them to do it, to follow through and do it, only to find out that they didn't do it. And so it kind of shook me, because now I cannot entrust that person with that, because I don't have that hope in them. Are you connecting some dots here? Now let's transpose and superimpose that onto the God in whom we profess, the one in whom we put our hope in. He is perfect. He is faithful. It's not that He won't fail us. It's that He can't. Let me say that again. The same thing in a different way. He just can't. It's not who God is. It's not how God is. It is impossible for Him to fail us. His love never fails. He's perfect. That's in whom we are placing our hope. And i got to tell you, in these last days, and I know this is something the Lord's been ministering to me as of late, and it's huge. I cannot put my hope in anything or anyone but the Lord, especially now. And would you agree with me that God, and He's gentle, He's patient, He's kind, He's not harsh with us, He's patient with us. But He just, by the Holy Spirit, begins that process of showing us that by putting our hope in that person, or that thing, or that job, we're going to be let down. But if we put our Trust in Him, our hope in Him, we will never be let down. I think God has been loosening our ever-tightening grip on this world, not our home, the things of this world. Those things that we look to and hoped in are now, <laughs> oh, well, they <laughs> I mean, how's that working out for you right now? It's the Lord and the Lord alone in whom we hope. Well, this sort of ties in with the second one, and this should be the, let me say it this way, the result, for lack of a better word. It's in verse 24, and it's that of spurring one another toward love and good deeds. This should be the result, the effect, of unswervingly putting our hope in, in Jesus, in Jesus alone. And the offspring of that, the product of that, if you prefer, is that it will have this effect of spurring one another on toward love. Love. We need love. There's a lot of hate out there right now, right? Would you agree that the enemy has succeeded in large measure? In getting everyone to hate everyone, man, turn that TV off. No, I mean seriously. I I, I have it on, but I have it on mute. I, I, I rarely take it. On. <laughs> just pray for me, because I mean, I have them on the news channels. Just you know, keeping my finger on the pulse of what's going on, but. But then uh, there's, there's times when I'm thinking, man, if I take that off me. oh, by the way, I also disabled the closed captioning because that was even worse because I'm reading and I'm going. <laughs> Do you realize that what they're showing you on that television screen and on that computer screen, it's all geared to get you to hate them? You realize that, right? And I mean, <laughs> and it's working. It's working. And, and this is why it is, and I, I hope you don't tire of me saying this, because I'm going to keep saying it, because it's the truth. It doesn't matter, Democrat, Republican, right, left, black, white, do not see people like that. Now it's, well, better not do that and go there. They're either saved or they're lost. That's the only thing that matters in the end. I don't care what color their skin is. I hope you don't because, well, your pastor and your assistant pastor, well, I'm just going to leave it at that. But <laughs> I like how one said it, it's not a skin issue. It's a sin issue. There's something here that I need to point out because it's not so easily seen at first read. Notice the writer of Hebrews says, consider how. You know what that means? That means you got to put some thought into it. Not just thought, but thoughtfulness. In other words, think of ways that you can spur one another on to love and good deeds. It's going to take some thought. It's going to take being thoughtful. You need to put some effort into this. Consider, hey, how can I spur them on? Man, oh, our flesh chafes against that. I don't want to spur them on toward love. I want to criticize them. I want to judge them. I want to gossip about them, not spur them on toward love. And here's what that looks like, by the way. I'm not talking about you, by the way. You guys are... I'm talking about other carnal Christians in other churches. But you know how it is. It's kind of like, hey, did you hear about so-and-so? Or how about this one? This one's so subtle. (laughs) How are they doing? Oh. By the way, I have a really good answer. When somebody comes to you and starts wanting to start something like that,
0: you know, wait, did,
1: did you hear what? And the proverb says that gossip is like a tasty morsel. You know, it's kind of like, oh, what's the juice? What's the tea? What's the dirt? Right? Come on, don't look at me like that. You know what I'm talking about. So here's the answer. Someone comes up to you and says, How are they doing? Oh, you're so spiritual and unworthy, right? Here's the answer. I don't know. Why don't you go ask them? (laughs) Oh, we're not going to do that. You know, spirit's willing, flesh is weak. That's why we're to mortify the deeds of the flesh. I tell you, that flesh rears its ugly head. Let me say it like this before we move on to the last one. You know, the day in which we are living is not forgiving of that anymore. We're living at a time where, hey, uh, this is no time for that. This is the time. To be spurring one another on. To be encouraging one another. To move them. Consider, creatively come up with and consider and put some thought into it, ways that you can just move them towards love. Because they're really hurting, by the way. Oh, they won't tell you. You know why they won't tell you? Because they're afraid that you're going to think, wow, where's your faith? Here's an example. <laughs> yeah, here's an example. I'm going to use myself as an example. I'm the poster child for this. So, you know, I've been very open with you about my uh, struggle in the area of worry. I'm a really good worrier. You know, I have a PhD in worry. I'm walking in victory, but it's still a struggle. Anxiety and worry. And, <laughs> I mean... If you could read my inbox, don't. You don't want to read my inbox. But so many comments about, you're a pastor. You shouldn't worry. Worry's a sin. I'm like, whoa, I'm not worthy then. (laughs) Oh, you without sin. Perhaps you should cast the first stone. Maybe that's why pastors in particular are not as transparent as they should be. Never think that when you look at me, first of all, (laughs) I know you don't because you can't. You you look at me and you go, wow, God's amazing because it's not Him. Look at Him. (laughs) And that's a good thing. That's a compliment, by the way. (laughs) But never look at me like, wow, man, He's got it all together. I hope I don't talk down to you, do I? Oh, please, if I have, forgive me. I'm just a sinner (laughs) telling another sinner about the Savior. I'm no high and mighty, you know. And I I don't like the title pastor because of what it's become. You know, in the Scriptures, a pastor is an under-shepherd. Uh, Dulos, uh, Paul would say, uh, bond servant, a slave. I'm a slave. And the thing with slaves is you can't quit. Slaves can't quit. That's the. <laughs> I'm a slave. I'm a bond slave of Christ. I'm a servant. I'm an under shepherd. And I really am uncomfortable. And I'll tell you, you know, when I've spoken at conferences on the mainland, and I'm very uncomfortable with that whole thing. You know, and when I'm having a conversation with somebody and they find out I'm a pastor, this it's really hard on airplanes. Well, of course, I'm an Arab. That makes it even harder on airplanes. But, you know, my Bibles, you know, (laughs) what is that, the Quran? No, it's the Bible. (laughs) So I just use my phone now, of course, (laughs) because they'll say, hey, what do you do for a living? And I'm like, I'm a pastor. It's not because I'm ashamed. It's because I don't like the connotation because, oh, you're the clergy. (laughs) What should I call you, Reverend Frog? No. (laughs) Reverend, don't ever call me that. Pastor is shepherd. Shepherd the flock of God but it requires this thoughtfulness. Let me ask you this question. Have you ever just stopped and considered concerning that brother or that sister in Christ, how can I just lift them up? You know, I tell you, sometimes just a kind word, just a, a hug, a pat on the back, man, hey, I get something like I'm good for a month. I might even get two months out of it. Just a simple, thoughtful gesture. That's what the writer of Hebrews is saying. And wouldn't you agree that if there was ever a time to spur one another towards love and good deeds, that time is now like never before? Well, it ties into the last one. and It's in verse 25, and some of your translations render it gathering. I think that it's better understood as assembling, and I'll explain why in a moment. But the writer of Hebrews is saying, don't stop assembling together, as apparently some there at that time were doing, and had made a habit of it. These Hebrew Christians, they they stopped going to church. An assembling together. Not gathering. Gathering's different than an assembly. And here's why. I'm gonna use my watch. <laughs> I haven't done it for a while, so if you've seen this illustration before, you're just gonna to have to deal with it. Okay. It's a timex. Takes a licking and keeps on ticking. No, it is actually a timex. <laughs> Thirty nine ninety five timex. Okay. Got a watch right here, right? I'm gonna put it right there on the pulpit, on top of my Bible. And if I had all of the parts to this watch just kind of gathered together, it's of no use. It's not functioning. Well, they're gathered. They're not assembled. You see where I'm going? The writer of Hebrews is saying, don't forsake assembling together. So all of the parts of the body of believers are assembled. And they're functioning. That's what a healthy body functions like. We're different parts of the same body of Christ. And when we're assembled together, well, here's here's an example. Paul talks about it in his epistles. (laughs) I really believe Paul had a sense of humor. Uh, if you really read the epistles, he had to. I think he had to have a sense of humor. But he's talking about, you know, the different parts of the body that kind of fancy themselves as being more important than other parts. You know, like the hand, you know, shouldn't, or the eye, you know, shouldn't say, man, I I wish I was a hand or, you know, the <laughs> armpit. I <laughs> wish I wasn't the armpit in the body of Christ. I wish I was a hand. <laughs> <laughs> every part is extremely important. So I'm, I'm uh, and I should never do this, I should never have tools in my hands, because that's dangerous, and I, I can do a lot of damage. So i got a hammer, and i got a nail, and I'm trying to hammer a nail. I can never do that right. I, I love you that have that uh, skill. <laughs> I don't. Um, but I'm hammering that nail, And I hit my thumb. Now what does my body do? Oh! The whole body comes to the aid of the thumb. It's going to be okay. I talk to it. The other hand kind of, you know, rubs it. It's okay. It's going to be okay. Oh, but that hurt. I know it's going to be okay. Oh, it's cut. Let me get you a Band-Aid. The whole body puts the Band-Aid on the part that's hurting and injured. That's being assembled together. We're all different parts of the body. Great illustration. I'll end with this, and then we'll talk about water baptism. But uh, it was many years ago, Pastor Chuck Smith, before he went home to be with the Lord, was at a, a conference, and I wasn't at this particular conference, but I heard about it, and it just really made all the sense in the world to me. So, there was an accident, an automobile accident. And apparently, somebody had you know how when those lights go yellow, you speed up? You're supposed to slow down. I do, I'm a law abiding citizen. <laughs> So apparently the light went yellow and the driver sped up and then there was a collision and an accident there at the intersection. So Pastor Chuck drew upon this uh, as an illustration. He said, you know, when the police showed up, their concern was to see whose fault it was. You know, who broke the law? Who ran the red light? Who's in the wrong? Who's in the wrong? That's the policemen. But then the paramedics show up. They're there to minister to the wounds of the injured. Here was his point. we got way too many policemen in the body of Christ. And not enough paramedics. Somebody's bleeding, hurting, struggling. We're pointing the finger of blame. Well, that's what you get. You made your bed, now lie in it. Wow, where's the love? That's not love. And that's not Jesus either. Hey, they're a part of the body. That thumb just got bashed in. And you want to know whose fault it is? It's the hammer's fault. I knew it. That hammer... Hey, why don't you uh, minister to the wound? And aren't we all hurting, wounded people? That's what the assembly does. And real quick, and I, I want you to think this through with me. This is very important because the ministry that takes place here in this amazing church that I'm so privileged to pastor is not just from pulpit to pew, as it were, It's between you and you. You know that, right? So I teach the Word, as is my privilege to do. But you know, after I'm done, you're out there, and the Lord might use you to minister to somebody else. Maybe a word fitly spoken for that person. And the Holy Spirit put them on your heart and you're looking at them and going, man, they they look like they're really struggling. And you walk up to them and you consider a way to encourage them and say, even as something as simple as, hey, I don't know what's going on, but the Lord just puts you heavy on my heart. Can I just pray for you? And then just give them a hug and love on them, man. Just love on them. You know how it is how we are. We're all so crazy busy. I'm just as guilty as anyone. You know, when you see somebody and you say, Hey, how you doing? Hey, great. How you doing? I'm blessed. All right. Cool. Bye. What would happen if this happened? Hey, how you doing? Well, do you got a minute? Oh, no. Hey, we'll do lunch sometime. I wasn't expecting that. Do you mean I'm actually going to have to take some time and listen to them. I mean, really listen. You know, not fake listen. You know what fake listen is, right? That's when they're talking and you're inserting the hmm, and oh, is that right, in the right spot until you mess up. They ask you a question and you go, oh, hmm. oh no, busted. You weren't listening at all. In fact, usually you're trying to think of what you're going to say while they're talking." And then, I'm talking about myself. You'll even interrupt them. Finish the sentence for them. I mean, just after all, just kind of speed this thing up. i got things to do. I really don't have time. I wasn't expecting you to say that. I was expecting you to give me the pat answer, the canned answer. Yeah, I'm blessed. How you doing? I'm blessed. Okay. No, you're not. How about you ask him this? How are you really doing? Oh, thank you for asking. I'm not doing real good.
0: We're so glad you joined us for this edition of In Spirit and Truth with Pastor J.D. Throughout much of this book, Jesus is mentioned as the great high priest. Aren't you glad that you can go directly to him with your troubles? There's no need for an intermediary person to bridge the gap. Jesus became that bridge when he died on the cross. If you'd like to know or understand more about this concept, we encourage you to go to calvarychapelkaneohe.com and look for the resources tab. Under that, there's a link to the ABCs of salvation. This provides an in-depth overview of what it means to believe that Jesus died for your sins and saves you from a life and eternity without him. Hebrews simply touches on the fact that Jesus fulfilled all the things that were promised in the Old Testament. It's like when you're reading a spy novel and you're given clues earlier on, but then it all makes sense in the end. Would you like to connect with others in their faith walk? If you're not currently part of a church, join us at Calvary Chapel Kaneohe. We meet on Sundays at 8.30, 10.45 a.m., and Thursdays at 7 p.m. You can find directions at our website, calvarychapelkaniohe.com. While you're there, you might be interested in some additional teachings by Pastor J.D., including his Mideast Prophecy Updates. This is an accurate look at what the Bible has to say about this current time in the world's history. That's all we have for today, but thanks for tuning in. We hope you'll join Pastor JD for the next edition as we learn more valuable things from the book of Hebrews, right here on In Spirit and Truth. To you. La la la